Well, good morning. It is wonderful to have you all here this morning. We begin our worship service by singing the doxology, which is found in the red hymnal number 549, the doxology. I may be able to speak the language of men and even of angels, but if I have not love, my speech is no more than a noisy gong or a clanging bell. I may have the gift of inspired preaching. I may have the all knowledge and understanding all secrets. I may have all the faith needed to move mountains, but if I have not love, I am nothing. I may, my, excuse me, I may give away everything I have and even give up my body to be burned. But if I have not love, it does me no good. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous nor conceited or proud. Love is not ill-mannered or selfish or irritable. Love does not keep a record of wrongs. Love is not happy with evil, but is happy with the truth. Love never gives up. Its faith, hope, and patience never fail. Love is eternal. There are inspired messages, but they are temporary. There are gifts of speaking, but they will cease. There is knowledge, but it will pass. For our gifts of knowledge and of inspired messages are only partial. But when what is perfect comes then what is partial will disappear. When I was a child, my speech, feelings, and thinking were all those of a child. But now that I am a man, I have no more use for childish ways. What we see now is like the dim image in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. What I know now is only partial. Then it will be complete as complete as God's knowledge of me. Meanwhile, there are three, these three remain, faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. Amen. Our first hymn this morning is number 112, When We Walk With the Lord. Happy in Jesus, but we 
Not a shadow can rise, not a cloud in the sky, but his smile quickly drives it away. Not a doubt nor a fear, not a sigh nor a tear, can abide while we trust and obey. Trust and obey, for there's no Against us, 
and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Thank you for praying with me this morning. Our next hymn is number 458. beginning with verse 5. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room Close the door and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. 
And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Let us pray. God, we are so thankful, Lord, that you've accepted our gifts of worship thus far, the imperfections that we have, but Lord, you know that we love you. And God, we would just want to have a complete relationship every day with you. God, help me to say those things that we need to hear. In Christ's name, amen. You know, prayer is one of those things where we try to figure out the right type of formula to pray, do we not? We read books, we listen to people on the television when they try to pray or when they try to instruct us to pray, and there seems to be some type of formula about it. I don't know if there's a formula about it, but I know and I believe each and every one of us, which includes me, is trying to find the right way to pray, right? Because we pray different ways and we just don't seem to get the response or the actions or what we want, all those kind of things. And there's like, is there some way that we can pray in which God will hear us and perhaps answer our requests according to his will? So how do we pray? Jesus gave instructions to his disciples, and he gives those same instructions to us. When we come and meet for worship, we do the Lord's Prayer at the end of the time of praying that we have, because it is a reminder that Jesus did teach his disciples and us how to pray. But then there's further instructions that tells us not to be a hypocrite, not to be like those that pray in a public setting where they want to be acknowledged as something holy, something spiritual. The instructions that were given is to we to go into a separate room somewhere and to pray in secret that only you and God have that prayer time. And it says that God will reward us in some form or fashion. It doesn't say what that reward is going to be but that God will honor the time that we have in prayer when it is just you and Him, praying to God the Father who is unseen. Sometimes we try to wrap our heads around that. We pray for ourselves and we pray for others, but we're actually praying to God which we do not see physically. But I would make the statement that as we pray to God, that we should see God spiritually. That the Holy Spirit should be manifested in our lives, in which when we do pray, we do believe that God is hearing our prayers. The prayers that we want to have answered. And Christ continues to give structure instructions about the fact is we are not to 
babble when we pray? In other words, using some type of magical formula about certain words, and if we pray a certain prayer and we use the certain words, that somehow God will answer this prayer. And there are things like that on social media and books that I've read, where if you just say these words, that God will answer the prayer and he will answer what you're asking for in a very special way. I don't know about that, because I don't think there is a formula. And if there is any type of formula, is when we go before God just as we are, we praise God for the relationship that we have with Him through His Son, Jesus Christ. We acknowledge that we have faults. We acknowledge our imperfections. We acknowledge that we do wrong things every day and we confess them before God. I do know that God will not help us if we are practicing something that is unrighteous. When we have some type of habit in our lives that is called sin, and we do it all the time. God cannot answer our prayers if we are living an unrighteous life. I don't know if that's part of a formula, but I think it's very clear that the Word of God tells us that. So if you're concerned that God may not be answering the prayers the way that you want them to, I would ask you as I ask myself, God, am I doing something in my life that is unrighteous? Am I doing something in word, in deed, or in thought that is not honoring you? Am I doing something in word, in deed, in thought in which I am only thinking about myself and my actions only relating to myself? That is creating an unrighteous situation in your life. I think about that all of the time when I pray to God. Lord, what have I done today that has not honored you, that has separated me from you, that has transformed me in such a way that you cannot hear my prayer and you will not answer my prayer because you cannot go where there is unrighteousness. That's why God reminds us through the scriptures that when we come before him, when we pray to him, that we are to make that communication clear by acknowledging the things that we have done in our life that is unrighteous, that is not virtuous. So if there is a formula, that's one of the elements of that formula, that God cannot hear our prayers if we are doing and practicing something unrighteous in our lives. Because God cannot be present where there is unrighteousness. God cannot be present with me or with you if there is unrighteousness taking place. The Spirit of God cannot be with me or you if we are violating things in our lives that we know are not right with God. So I guess that could be part of a formula, but I think it's pretty self-evident that God who is holy cannot be part of anything that is unholy. 
His holiness is in everything except where there is unholiness. God cannot be present. So perhaps your prayers have not been answered because you have things going on in your life, things that I have going on in my life, that need to be cleared up first. The things that we do in secret. But the scriptures tell us that God sees what is done in secret. So, I have nothing to hide before God, and you have nothing to hide before God. So why do we struggle with coming clean before God? Why do we struggle with the fact that God knows everything anyway, so why don't we just admit it? Because of our pride? It's because somehow we feel that if we acknowledge that thing or things that we might be doing, that God will punish us? No, because God already knows. And if we're looking for answers in our life, if we're looking how to pray, the Lord gives us very specifics in terms of how we should do that. And we pray the Lord's Prayer all the time. And there's a step-by-step process through that. But I think first and foremost that we need to understand it as we go before the Lord in prayer that we have to have an open heart and an open mind of faith. That we are to go before God in faith believing. Knowing and understanding that the presence of God cannot be in our lives if there is unrighteousness. So if you feel that God has isolated you or if God has forsaken you and God has left you alone, I want to ask you the question, as I ask myself, is it because that there is something going on in your life that you need to confess before God? Maybe that's why you're feeling that God has forsaken you. The scriptures tell us that God never does forsake us. But if we have those feelings, if it seems to be that God has abandoned us, I just want to ask that question. Perhaps there is something going on in your life that you need to confess before God and make right. And that making right may be a process. It may be something that you have to work at every day. It might be something that you have to surrender to God every day. It might be something that you struggle with almost every moment in your life. But God tells us to lay those things before Him because He sees and He knows and He understands. And it is in that faith that we have with God and the way that we get on the right path of faith is for us to live a life that honors God by showing and demonstrating how much we love God and how much we love others. If we are looking for some kind of divine inspiration in terms of how God wants us to be and how he wants us to conduct ourselves, the scriptures tell us that we are to have a listening heart within our lives. In fact, when God asked Solomon, what, did you want to, what do you want to have in life? He didn't ask for a long life. He didn't ask for money. He didn't ask for power. 
He asks for a listening heart. A listening heart. Something that is always open before God. So when we live our life by faith, I want you to ask yourself this question. Do you have a listening heart for others? Do you have a listening heart for God? Because if you are making the attempt to do those things, then you are taking those steps on faith that you need to have. And faith believing. And you are living and practicing a life of love that God wants you to have on a daily basis. A life in which you live by faith. And when you go before the Lord in prayer, that God is there with you because you are working on your life and you are doing the best you can to have that righteous life. Because you want God to be with you. And yes, we have to confess the mistakes that we make, the thoughts that we have, the things that we say, the things that we do. And God wants us to come clean because he wants us to have that life of faith. He wants us to be able to show and exhibit that love. The love that goes beyond our own understanding. The love that can only come from us being one with God through his son, Jesus Christ. And it's then and only then that we begin to truly understand what faith is. Faith is something that we need to have. Faith is something that we need to be open to. And as we read the call to worship, and even though I read it in an imperfect manner, I think the words were very clear that we get to a point in our lives spiritually and as we walk with God, we get to a place where we need to be in terms of who we are in our spiritual maturity, that we put away the simplistic things, as the example in the scriptures gave us this morning, of like a child. Because you and I are no longer children before God. We are men and women before God. And we need to put our childish ways away. And we need to go before God with courage, with endurance, with an attitude of sacrifice. Because that's what we do as adults, don't we? Don't we handle situations, at least we hope, I think we should, with courage, and with endurance. Going before those things in which we have those challenges in which we face them. To be able to do that. And in the same way, the scriptures that we read in the call to worship reminds us that we need to face ourselves for who we truly are. Because God already knows that. And there's nothing for me or you to hide about, to conceal before God, because God knows. And when we are in that place, when we have gone away, and we are before God in secret, when it's just you and God, and you're having that time of prayer, 
You are just talking to God the way that you would talk to a, a good friend. Because God is our friend. God is someone that is always there walking by our side, like a good friend. And we share those things, the small things and the big things. We pray not only for ourselves, but we pray for others. And that we can see the presence of God in our life. Because we know with God's help that we have been living a righteous life that does its best to honor God. It's not perfection here. I know the scriptures tell us that that should be our goal, and that should be our goal in perfection, but neither one of you or me is going to measure up to that goal of perfection. We are perfected with our relationship in Christ, but in terms of our own human standards that we have, we are going to make mistakes, we are going to fail, we are going to do things wrong. But the scriptures remind us that we are to recover quickly from those things. And the guidance that the scriptures give us when we do make mistakes is the scriptures tell us to get right with God as soon as we possibly can. Because God always wants to have that relationship with you. He wants to, for you to have that faith. He wants you to live a life that is expressed in the same love that he expressed to each and every one of us. And that love is seen on the cross. So what does the cross mean to you? If we had a time of prayer together, what would you pray about? What would you ask God about? What would we say? What is on your heart this morning? What is the challenge that perhaps you might be facing? What is the direction that you are seeking that you're trying to find that answer to? And so when we go to God in prayer... Those are the two things that we need to start off with. What should we talk to God about? What do you want to say to God? Our time with God one-on-one is a conversation type of prayer. And many times we just can't seem to find the words that express our true feeling and our true thought. But the scriptures tell us that the Spirit of God is there with us to express those intentions before God. Things that words cannot explain. Have you tried it that way? Have you gone before God to say, God, I don't know what to pray about this morning. I'm really ah, disappointed in myself. I'm disappointed in my family. I'm disappointed in my friends. I'm disappointed in the situation that I find myself in. And God, I don't know what to pray about. Help me, God, through your spirit. Help me, God, to see the love that you have for me. Help me to put away my doubts and my fears. Help me to have trust in you. Help me to have confidence in you. Help me to have courage in you. Help me to have endurance in you. Because right now, God, 
I don't have any of those things. I don't feel them. I don't see them. I don't understand them. But yet, God, I just want to come before you just as I am. God, I want to ask you to help me to love people in my life that are just so difficult to love. Help me to love and appreciate the circumstances that I find myself in because, God, it is just so difficult in the circumstances that I am in. But yet I know that you want me to show that love, the love that you have for me to others. And in that honesty, we find ourselves praying to God like we've never been able to pray before. Because we pray in the spirit and in truth of what and who we are in Christ. And then we begin and understand that God does hear our prayers. And God gives us that understanding that we need to have that even though our prayers are not answered the way that we specifically want them to be answered, we see that God's will for our lives is something far better than even what we are asking God for. And we're saying, wow, God, I wasn't expecting that. I was just expecting this. I set my sights pretty low, God, but all of a sudden you gave me something far greater that I didn't even think about praying about. And I just want to praise you for that. And we find ourselves in that situation. And we just can say how awesome God is. Because he's working through situations that is beyond any of our understanding. He's working through people in our lives beyond any of our understanding. And we just say there, wow, God, thank you. I don't know what I said, God, but I want to just praise you and thank you for the answers that you're giving me. Even though I'm not specifically praying for that, God, you gave me something far better that I was even envisioning for myself. And we see the little things. We see the big things answered according to His will and His purpose. And we find ourselves saying in spirit and in truth, I'm okay with that, God. Thank you very much for answering that prayer the way that you specifically did. Because now I can see if I truly got what I was asking for, it would have been more trouble for me than I could ever think. And I praise you that you did not answer my prayer that way, but you answered it a different way. And then we truly understand how to pray. And when we do the Lord's Prayer together collectively at our time of worship, it just has much more meaning to us because we know that God is in our lives. That God is here in each and every one of our lives. That God is here in our time of worship. And He does hear our prayers. He does respond to us in a very sweet, loving, and caring way. Because God wants us to pray. And that's how He wants us to pray. In all openness, in all truth, in all righteousness. Amen.
Let us take a few moments and prepare our hearts for communion. And we in the chapel here, we practice open communion. And so what that means, if you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, if you believe that, you are welcome to have communion with us. Let us pray. Our gracious God, we are so thankful that we can say, Abba Father, to you. And Lord, you know everything about us. There's nothing from you that we cannot hide. Forgive us, God, when we've made mistakes. And God, we do that every day. Forgive us when we have done things that are unrighteous. Because with God, we know that you can never be in a place in our lives where unrighteousness is taking place. And Lord, we want to make it right with you. We want to be in a righteous place spiritually with you, God. So you will hear our prayers. God, give us the understanding that we need to have in that righteous place to see your will working in our lives beyond our understanding. And God, we just praise you for this time. Thank you, God, for your Son, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross to demonstrate your love for us. Accept this time of communion as an act of worship and a request from each and every one of us to forgive us of our sins and our desire to be one with you. Amen. from the Lord what I also pass on to you. The Lord Jesus on the night he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and said this is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us partake together. In the same way after supper he took the cup saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread 
and drink this cup. You proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let us partake together. Our closing hymn is number 442. Have thine own way, Lord. Oh. 